Hey wrestling fanatics, welcome to the Queen's Takeover. Thank you for joining us as we continue to take over the podcast world. It's your girl Kat, aka the Texas Sports Queen. We also have the Carolina Boss Lady Kayla. Hola. And our resident Jester Jolie. Sup. Boy, oh boy, do we have a monster show today. You thought WrestleMania, yeah, it's still going to be a couple weeks and everything, but today it's like we're heading to the East Coast for an interview. We're heading down under to Australia for an interview. Plus, just a little bit of recaps on this last minute pay-per-view called Fastlane, but that we'll get to that later. All right, so like I said, let's uh, take a trip to the East Coast. And this guy has been around in the industry for the longest time. WWF, ECW, all over the place, former champion. What can I say? Just incredible. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing good. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us today. So um, I got, normally we kind of ask everybody when they first come to the show, like how you got into wrestling as a fan and everything. I wanted to change it up with you a little bit because I know you've been doing a lot of media and everything lately. So sure. I know you're an old school fan. Yes. With like back in the day with like Hall, Streamboat and stuff like that. So, like, who were your idols growing up that helped you get into wrestling, I should say? Um, I, I would say, like, Ric Flair. I mean, who didn't want to be Ric Flair? <laughs> you know, um, still to this day, I'd love to be like Ric Flair. Um, you know, he's just larger than life. Uh, it was so cool, in my eyes, at least. Um, you know, and it just, uh, you know, it was just... Um, as a kid, I thought that was the epitome of what like money success uh, in this crazy world we call pro wrestling was. Um, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to style and profile. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was Rick Flair. Definitely. Oh, cool. 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 Okay. So you've won many titles in, in, um, while you've been in the industry and everything, part of that has been eight hardcore titles. Now for those who don't remember, those who don't know, the rules for the hardcore title mimic what's now being being done for the 24-7 title. Defending anytime, right. anyplace, anywhere. Okay. So you're an eight-time champion. So you've won it, you won it eight times, but you've lost it, also lost it eight times. So right. um, I know this is going to be a little bit of a long answer and everything. So what were some of the oddest ways that you won and lost it? This is going to even, this is going to solidify how much the uh, hardcore title didn't matter. Um, I don't remember any of them. I really I honestly truly don't because it was done like so cheesy right like it wasn't like because you know the minute I would win it I would lose it 30 seconds later so it really didn't even matter like uh, I could tell you everything about the you know the ECW title win and the tag team title wins because those mattered um but this was more of a gimmicky thing so yeah yeah, I don't even remember it was just like uh that was like a Friday night for me (laughs) you know (laughs) and I'm being but I'm being serious you know right that's that's the way it was no I can totally understand that and everything because it's like sometimes it's like we figure like why the hell they still got the 24-7 title because it's right because it's like someone will have to be chasing it all over the place. And if I remember correctly from an old video, somebody was sleeping one time and they and got a cover. Well, and just... Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's, like... But that's what it was. It was a joke, you know? <laughs> all right. So ECW equals Philly. And in our yeah. eyes, Philly equals the Jester. And I know she's been waiting to chomp at you for this at uh top at this interview so take it away girl first things first thank you for coming on the show um been a, watching wrestling since 1986 when i was five years old awesome. i remember you in the invasion with wcw ecw i think that was some of the funnest things at that time i i love that whole invasion um so being from philly i know the philly crowd very well yeah um so between the two dueling cities, New York and Philly, and I know I'm kind of putting you a little crossroads here. What was the favorite crowd to perform in front of? Oh, wow. That is putting me out there. Um, <laughs> but I, I must say, I must say Philly. Um, not just because you're here. Um, <laughs> although, although I, I, you know, I do take that into consideration. But all kidding aside, I've said this in other interviews, too. 
Um, Philly was number one. I mean, that was kind of, they were, they were the first ones to really treat me with open arms, especially when I came out of doing the Aldo Montoya gimmick, um, which was, you know, criticized for goofy costumes and stuff. And, um, they were very welcoming to me. Um, New York, obviously NYC was a close second. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, Philly will always be number one for me. Um, and they've treated me amazing throughout the years, 28 years, uh, you know, um, so yeah, um, definitely Philly. And piggybacking off of that question, um, which is what, what's the rowdiest city between the two that you've, uh, or outside of those two that you've competed in? So not, oh, not yep. Philly or New York. So every other city was one of the rowdiest ones. Oh, certainly. Um, Chicago, definitely. Chicago is dope. I mean, that's one of the, uh, that's 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 one of the best markets for pro wrestling ever um you know when we used to wrestle for wwe like um and, and a lot of people don't know this because it isn't really discussed but um to this day even amongst you know well pre-pandemic i should say when we do live events um you know we get paid upon the house so like tickets sold and stuff um you get a percentage of the tickets sold and depending on where you are on the card and um chicago was always like uh that was probably right up there with all of them so definitely chicago for all of the above for intensity for attendance for just being badass uh, i would say chicago really close yeah i think i've 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 heard that that those new york philly and chicago are the top 3 yeah and um possibly like they they have said either dallas or Houston is also within that one as well. I would well. agree. I would agree. I would agree. And then LA too. LA yeah. like sometimes gets uh, no it, love because they have so much entertainment. But uh, the times I've been to LA, it was, it was always been really cool. And it's also a little bit of hit and miss in LA too, especially like, you know, it when, is. when Ronda Rousey went back to LA and she literally got booed out of the Staples Center. Yeah. And she's, yeah. she's from the area, but like, you know, she was playing a heel at the time. So it made sense. Right. So um, you have done some amazing matches and you've done some balls to the wall, crazy ass matches. What is one of your most craziest matches that you've ever put on? Oh, wow. Um, I get asked that a lot. And at times I get, I, I always give different answers um, partly because, uh, believe it or not, it's, this is going to sound crazy. So much of it is a blur. Um, and I don't like to watch myself on, on like, I, don't, I hate to watch my matches back because yeah. um, as good as people may say they are, I'll always pick out the stuff I did wrong. If that makes any sense. Oh, like, believe me, it does. Perfectionist, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I edit the podcast and I can't listen to myself oh, like, I i've never i've never listened to any like even when i'm editing i'll zip through my spots I'm like i know where the spots are i make notes i'm like okay i gotta cut this out cut this out but i can't listen to it it's the weirdest yeah. thing i can i can talk it i can edit it as yep. soon as i have not listened to one of our episodes because it's just one of those things that i can't do so i completely I understand where you're coming from well my wife today was scrolling through instagram and i heard my voice and i was like just move, keep going, keep moving on. Cause I don't like to, I don't, it's not even that I don't like to see it myself. I don't like her seeing my corniness and uh, you know what I mean? Cause you yeah. always like, or so, so yeah. Um, but for me, um, I would guess, man, and this is predating myself, but I, I'll give it, I mean, I, I have to say it probably the one that gets told to me the most is heat wave 1998, which is like an eternity ago. Um, versus Jerry Lynn uh, in Dayton, Ohio for um, for that pay-per-view. Um, it's just something that always keeps coming up because we did some, uh, you know, I know now it's probably passe, but, you know, back then I did a tombstone off the top rope. I took a hurricanrana off the top through a table to the floor. Um, we pretty, we went pretty balls out. Um, I would say that, but I mean, I've also had some other ones that probably aren't as well known that, uh, you know, many people probably haven't seen. So, you know, it, but that, I would say that one just keeps kind of coming up for me. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of the better ones for me. I was young and dumb. <laughs> Didn't you also have a, tr um, uh, a six man tag at, uh, with, was it Lance Storm and Raven? Oh, it was, uh, it was me. Uh, it was me and Lance versus Raven and Dreamer for the tag titles, I believe. I think, yeah. Cause you were, you were constantly in a feud with Tommy Dreamer, weren't you? Yeah. We're like lifelong, uh, rivals. Yeah. 
always everything dreamer i've probably been there <laughs> which is yeah. a good thing i mean it was awesome i mean he loved working i loved working with him and we were very good to each other and uh he was paul's right hand man you yeah. know so it was uh it was it was really cool to to work and tommy was one of the best you know one of the best one of the nicest guys that i have met ever yeah out of the, out of the ring like um I've told these ladies this story. Like uh, I went to a house show. Um, I think it was Oh two or Oh four in um, university of Delaware. And okay. I waited outside to get autographs or to meet the people. And he pulled a little girl that was being bullied by, I think it was Elijah Burke. Oh, and, and so he brought the little girl in the ring. You know, he gave him her, her t-shirt, you know, they all gave him like him and his three guys, all gave her the t-shirts and like, you know, took her backstage to get autographs. And I said to him after the show, I said, you know, I was bullied a lot as a kid, you know, seeing you do that, that was awesome. Thank you for doing that. No, he shook my hand. He says, no, thank you for being here. Like I've never actually gotten that response from a wrestler before. And I've been outside multiple times. So it was like one of the coolest interactions because he thanked me. I'm like, I just, I'm here because of you, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's really him, though. Um, that's not like some kind of uh, act. That's really how he feels, and uh, that's what's so, so wonderful about him. Um, and he's he's you know he he believes in all of it, and uh, and that's great to have somebody like that. To this day, he's one of the best people we have in pro wrestling that mm-hmm. continues to kind of carry the torch, and he's wonderful for the business. I love Tom, even though like he's still. He won't acknowledge me because even today, when most people know that kayfabe is kind of dead, um, he still hates to acknowledge that we're actually friends and not mortal enemies. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very rare for us to have a picture out there um, on social media because yeah. he still likes to, you know, to, to, to do that. So which is cool, too. I mean, if more people did it, maybe it would be a little different but uh yeah oh, he's awesome yeah i like that's why i love the one thing about like old school wrestlers where they kept the like up the pretense is like the one the one person that does it well today is becky lynch because okay, like yeah. she she hates charlotte but they're best friends in real life you don't see any pictures yeah. of them outside the ring right. sasha yeah. bailey the same thing like she has like but like she she's like uh, i think she's one of the people that keeps up the tradition that tommy still does as well right yeah and i think exactly. i think I think it's important, um, you know, even though we know uh, it's still like, I don't want to see Tony Stark and the character Thanos taking selfies, even though we all know it's a movie. Um, it's just something that, you know, and it's cool. It, it's just great to have somebody go to those lengths to protect the industry they love so much. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Kayla, jump in here, girl. First of all, like they said, thank you. I'll also say thank you for being on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me. And um, with WWE, AEW, and other wrestling brands, what are your thoughts on their versions of extreme matches? Um, I would I would say AEW um, has done them better uh, as of late. Um, you know, it just seems like they're, they're they kind of been, it's kind of one of the things they've done well. Um, and I'm not trying to diss them or anything, but I, I have a review show with Vince Russo where I, I've literally watched every episode of AEW Dynamite to review. So I'm a little bit more critical on them because I have to. Yeah. Um, but uh, they, they've, they've constantly, like the last match, uh, the last main event they had with uh, Dr. Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa, I thought was amazing. I thought those gals knocked it out of the park. Um, yeah. Super, super good. Um, not just because of the blood. That's that was just an extra added thing um, for a, you know, but I, I thought the match itself was done very well. Whereas mm-hmm. WWE, I think um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it almost seems like they're very much lost in where they're trying to go. I don't think they have a real idea. I, actually, quite frankly, I don't think either company really has an idea. I think everybody's just kind of throwing stuff out there, seeing what sticks. But as far as hardcore is concerned, I would definitely go with AEW as a more traditional sense of 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 that style uh, of wrestling and wwe kind of doesn't really touch it much uh these days um every every wrestler er, has one um who would you consider your dream opponent if you ever had a chance to wow um <laughs> i've read i've been so blessed i've wrestled i mean i've wrestled everyone from like kurt henning mr perfect uh the real undertaker um I mean, literally everyone. Um, but the ones I haven't was Hulk and Ric Flair. 
And, uh, I mean, I've wrestled Austin rock, et cetera. Like, so like, I would say, I would say flair first Hulk second would be, uh, just super cool, which obviously will never happen, but nonetheless, uh, I, you know, that would be something, you know, as a kid, like little, little me would have, you know, I played Ric Flair in my backyard federation when I was 14. So, uh, you know, just to be in the ring with him would have been pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we know you're on, all right. We know you're on Twitter. We know you're on social media. You just said you have a review show and everything. So tell everybody like where they can find your stuff at. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thank you, by the way. Um, just follow me on Twitter at PJ Polacco. Um, same as with Instagram at PJ Polacco, although I really suck at Instagram because I noticed that everybody like is so creative and stuff. And my life is so unexciting these days where I have nothing to post. So I like, I'll take, you know, pictures from 20 years ago and post them like, you know, so anyways, so Twitter would probably be the way to go if you wanted to communicate with me. Um, and of course, pro backslash just incredible. I have 20 t-shirts, some old school and some new school shirts. And, um, and that's pretty much it right now. Yeah, I'm with you on Instagram. It's like I have an account, but it's like I don't use it a whole lot. And uh, well, it's Kayla just so hard. Me that you know? I to, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like I don't even know how to do it. Like you know, my my kids. I have three beautiful kids, and my oldest is a, a junior in college. He's going to be 21, and uh, he's like, "Dad, you're doing Insta all wrong." I'm like, "Well, what am I doing wrong?" It's like just you're not creative enough. I'm like, "Well, what the hell do you want me to do?" Like you know, oh, here's me taking the garbage out you know do some little slow walk to the trash can i mean what am i doing i got nothing so anyways if somebody could do it for me hey if there's some wonder woman out there that or wonder man that wants to like help me with my insta please help because i certainly need it but like twitter is easier you could just be like hey what's up and people will talk so <laughs> anywho but that's yeah. it oh uh, you heard you heard the man it's like dm reach out to him if you can help them with help him with this instant everything uh justin i know you're a busy man and everything but we definitely appreciate your time just thank thank you for coming on the show and thank you that for all that you've done for the business over the years oh no it, it's been a pleasure and uh it just please tag me in anything and i will gladly retweet it and put it out to my social media network let everybody know where you guys are at as well um you know it'd be an honor so you guys are awesome so thank you you're very welcome thank, thank you, you again sir have a wonderful day, guys. You too. All right. So we've been very fortunate to talk to wrestlers from all over the country, like out of uh, New Jersey, Florida, Indiana. We've gone to California and everything. We've hit, hit the UK. Well, Queen's Takeover is actually now hitting another continent. Where we're going to go down under. And I, but just talking to this guy on DM, he I knew this was going to be a good interview and everything. Former PWP champion. He's a former tag team champion with QWA. And it's just like, and I can tell he's like got some stories behind him. Champ Phoenix, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Good to meet you guys. Good to meet you too. And it's like, we were just talking like before we started recording and everything. It's just like, we're dealing with time difference issues here at the Wazoo because it's like, it's 9 p.m. my time in Texas, and this is on Sunday night. It's 10 p.m. Kaylin Jolie's time and on Sunday night. And what time is it right there right now? It's midday on a Monday afternoon in Australia. Yeah. Big, big time difference. Big time difference. <laughs> All right. So one thing we always want to do whenever we have someone new on the show, it's kind of like a little tradition because we did it ourselves when we first started out and everything. How did you mainly get into wrestling as a fan? As a fan, um, I remember I was maybe seven years old and um, my dad put it on the TV. See, my dad was an old fan. And um, the first time I, I seen wrestling, I was about seven, I remember, and it was mm. a Raw. Um, and I remember, I don't know, something clicked when I was watching and I just went like, wow, like, and I was hooked. And I kept, I kept watching like every now and then, but I didn't really know at that age what was going on. So... Right. Maybe, maybe fully when I was about 10 or 11 and um, the Stone Cold versus The Rock, uh, the WrestleMania 17, I might have been nine actually, I don't know, around that age, but the Stone Cold and The Rock okay. kind of feud, either WrestleMania 15 or 17, um, 
I got fully like that's when I got fully into it like um a hundred percent um Ooh. and I was just I'd watched the replay of the, I don't know if you remember the old promo that they had, the Limp Biscuit My Way. Um, they had the, that it's like the best promo ever made in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just watched that over and over and over because it was on the TV on replay. And um, yeah, I just became a huge fan like around that time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. So being a fan is one thing, but what was the one moment in your life that made you say, like, okay, I want to pursue this? I don't know. Like, around that time, too, like, because I'd, I'd go on the trampoline and just practice the moves. I don't condone that to anyone, but um, – <laughs> and we kind of started a a thing, like, me and my mates, uh, my friends, um, we started a thing, like, six of us, and we, we would practice, like, we'd have trainings and stuff, and we would practice every day, like, and we were only like 10 or 11 and um, <laughs> we all had the big dreams, but we would practice everything to the, to the T like we'd watch it and make sure even a hip toss, you know, like we were 10 or 11 practicing hip tosses and stuff. So um, yeah, we, we started to do little like backyard things and we got like little crowds and stuff, but um, it's pretty frowned upon like the backyard thing, but we were kids. So you know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. But, that, back then, even back then, I had goals. Like, I, I remember my mom actually brought this up to me the other month. She found a little book that I had, and I ri- I'd written in it when I was eleven. Um, my goals, like to to climb the ladder in Australia. Like, I had um, wrestle for AWF, uh, which I've done. Um, mm-hmm. I had go to Japan at like thirteen years old. Like, I had all these things written back when I was eleven. So, yeah. Wow. Yikes, kids with ambition. It's like you don't see that a whole lot these days and everything. So it's like and it's like it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool that your mom found that. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely a hundred percent. All right. All right, Kayla, go ahead. Um, each time we interview a wrestler, probably one of my favorite questions we always like to ask, because it's interesting what people consider. But who would you who has always been your idol? My idol, um, not I don't really have idols per se, but um, inspirations. Uh, my hu- my biggest inspiration, first off, was probably Stone Cold. Like just the, just the way I remember as a kid seeing the way the crowd reacted, like to him compared to everyone else, and like people like The Rock, like just that them big reactions and. Um, it always intrigued me like what caused that because what set that apart from everyone else. Um, and as I got a bit older and I started getting into the gym more and, um, training more, uh, probably John Cena was a huge inspiration of like, we had like similar, like, I don't know. I related to that. And, um, just, the his training style back, like, as he talks about back when he was a kid, um, I trained a lot the same, like my whole life, I was always training at like, high levels like elite levels i made always made the the top of what i done so i kind of just um yeah that was a huge inspiration i'd say john cena stone cold very nice um what's the craziest match you've ever been in craziest match um oh <laughs> crazy crazy in terms of crowd reaction um see i've done like i don't know to me i don't know um Maybe me and my tag partner, JME, versus Circus of Doom. Um, the crowd was huge that night, and it was just like we almost caused a riot, actually, because we won the tag belts, and um, that team was a huge baby face. So when we won, because we were out of towners, so we traveled to do that show, and we won the belts, and we had this huge beatdown at the end. Like um, I stomped uh, one of the guys – so Zuzu, I stomped his head in a chair like three times. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that move with the, the arm or the leg in between a chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had his head in between the chair and I'd done that maybe three times. And the crowd, see, the crowd loved, they loved Zuzu. So, um, yeah, it almost caused a riot. As we were coming, like we went backstage, there was people trying to fight us on the way. Like it was just mayhem. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, like it was full on. But, um, yeah, that was probably my craziest, like, in terms of that. Um, but my craziest match in terms of, like, just being perfect and, like, 
uh, crazy for me would have been um, against Shota Suzuki from Japan um, when he came over to Australia. Um, that match was just, in my mind, perfect. Like, um, I remember getting backstage and just being like, that was crazy. Like, so, yeah, them too. <laughs> the one uh, where the people were trying to fight you, was that in Australia or Japan? Uh, that was in Australia for a uh, company called QWA, okay. Queensland Wrestling Alliance. Um, but see, that happens every time I go there. Like, there's just, the crowd's almost riot. Like, um, we almost get, yeah, like people, we got to stay backstage after the show because we think people are going to hang around and fight us and stuff. The crowds are nuts. Like, Oh, man. I think this ties into Jolie's, uh, the next question Jolie has. So go ahead, girl. <laughs> um, well, being from where I'm at, I used to live in Philadelphia, which is known as probably one of the rowdiest wrestling fan towns in the country. What's the wrestling scene like in Australia? Um, it depends where you are. Like in Queensland here, it's, uh, it's getting better. Um, up North here is probably the best I'd say. Um, it all depends. Like it's, there's, cause the guys, I think, um, the dedication is a bit, is lacking here. Um, there's not as much opportunity I'd say like, you know, there might be up here, there might be a one show a month. Um, down South, there's a few more promotions. So you're able to wrestle more, but see the guys, the, what I see, my opinion and my view is there's not as much dedication as there should be. Like, um, you go to Japan, like say Japan, um, it's insane. It's another level. Like people are training nonstop, like, and they're having like four shows a day. Like in Tokyo, there'd be like four or five shows on around the city a day. Um, so there's so much more opportunity and like so much more dedication to the craft. So I think here um, the crowds are good. Like the crowds are pretty rowdy. Depends where you are. Like in North Queensland, the crowds are good. Um, they're kind of easy to work. They, you know, they go crazy pretty easy. Down in Sydney, I done a show down there. The crowd was a lot, a lot more. Um, they kind of knew what was going on, so it was it was a lot more harder to work. Um, it, I heard Perth is unreal. Like Perth has unreal talent. Like they've got like ex WWE guys, and um, they've got like I don't know ex Japan guys over there. So over there is kind of like they're they're doing good. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's getting better, is what I'd say. That's cool. So it's like it's all different regions then. Different regions, yeah. I, they have different different reactions and different ways of going about things. Like. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole the whole scene is getting better, though. That's all that matters. Well, you were just talking about Japan. So uh, what's the difference between – you pretty much touched on it already, but the difference between wrestling in Australia and wrestling in Japan? Like, what's the pros and cons oh, of both? The level. Um, the level is complete. Like, Japan is just, like, unreal. When I went there, like, I, like, I shot up quick, like, uh, the training's like full on. Um, the shows are uh, every. See the style there is different too. It's really, really like the strong style, of course, but it's really um, storytelling based. Um, whereas here, there's a lot more comedy here um, in Australia. I see like a a lot of comedy style things, and over there, it's really like uh, honor. Like there's so much honor and uh, respect, like for um, wrestling and they take it very seriously. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a total different, total different style, to be honest. That's, that is very nice. So one thing that we like to also ask of uh, the indie guys that come on our show, any promotion, doesn't matter, U.S., Japan, Australia, who's somebody you want to have a dream match with and who's somebody that you want to have as a tag partner? A dream match? Um of of course Cena that would be a dream match but more clo- more closer to home maybe Will Ospreay um okay Will Ospreay would be yeah the top for me um and as a tag partner as a dream tag partner I would say Cena or Ospreay the same I think Ospreay's the best in the world at the moment like in my opinion um and he's been here to Australia he's wrestled in Brisbane I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, that, the level he's on is like to be in the ring either as a tag partner or against, like you'd learn, you'd learn so much just being in that environment. So, yeah, that's, that's the answer for that one. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's well, a good answer. Like, yeah, because it's like sometimes it's like, like you see it on TV and everything. It's like some people make the best rivals and then once they get their uh, shit figured out and everything, it's like they make the best tag team. And then just go on a tear from there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, man. All right. So um, before we let you go and everything, just where can we find you, social media and all that? Um, well, the Twitter thing, I just started like three weeks ago. I got back on a Twitter. Like I had an old account. Um, that's Ash Deutz. That's growing pretty fast. Um, on Instagram, oh, it's Ash the Champ Phoenix. I've got about 11K followers on there. Um, and Facebook just chant Phoenix. So follow along. <laughs> <laughs> follow along. And it's like, uh, hopefully they'll lift restrictions soon and everything. So it's like you can get back to Japan or just feel free to go yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. Well, I was meant to go to Texas before COVID. Um, I was meant to go to San Antonio, ah. which I'm bummed about. I'm missing that. So hopefully when it all opens back up, I can head back over. Well, if you do end up in San Antonio, hopefully I can travel. I can uh, drive out there to catch the show and everything because San Antonio is like three hours for three hours from me. And actually, I just did that drive last night for something. 100%. So <laughs> definitely. Well, Champ, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it, and definitely best of luck with everything going forward. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet nice, you too. Definitely nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you. Oh man, it's like two two awesome interviews and everything. It 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 just shows you a little bit like how wrestling is like wrestling's different all over the place. Whether you've been in it for a while, or you're just starting out. It's like those two interviews were incredible. But of course, as we promised, we got to get to fast lane. And <laughs> it's like some of it we could have done without, but then some of it was like going, okay, now this is really setting up WrestleMania. And so I'm going to start with, of course, whenever we do recaps, it always has to start with the last match and everything, because that's when we, that ends, the, ends our night with and everything. So Roman technically won the match, but it's like we had Jey Uso getting in business again uh edge snapping because brian hit him by mistake so uh i think we can finally say that this is going to end up being a triple threat (sighs) jolie go ahead um that match was besides the um, the last bit of it i mean the whole match is fucking fantastic storytelling and it's just ironic that he brings up storytelling with new japan and that's the one thing that they've been or well, Japan wrestling in period is more about storytelling. And what's the one thing that people have been bitching about with the WWE that they don't do storytelling? Well, they've been doing storytelling. Like this whole thing with Brian and Roman, and this has been a beautifully woven story. And yes, it's thrusted like kind of last minute, but sometimes the best stories happen last minute. And I felt like the match reminded me of how Brian reacted when or acted towards Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series 2018, just dancing around the ring and then, you know, giving Brock a damn good beating. I mean, that was a match and a half in itself back then. And just watching Heyman's comical reactions on the outside of the ring. Um, But yeah, no, this definitely is setting up for a triple threat because I can see Adam Pierce now, like, ooh, this is going to be money. And I still want to know what's going to happen with Adam Pierce because, you know, something is, is definitely, there's a misconnect between him and Sonia. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if Adam, if something happens and Adam is strictly raw or, you know, Sonia finally puts her sexy power suit away and laces up the boots again and, goes for the title because as much as I love seeing Sonia on my TV representing, you know, powerful woman uh, behind the scenes, we can have Stephen McMahon for that. I would rather see her in the ring kicking ass. So like, you know, there's a lot of disconnect with that aspect. 
But you know, Adams would be like, yeah, let's make it a triple threat because Edge got involved and Jay got involved and blah, 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 blah. But I feel mm-hmm. that a triple threat match is going to elevate it um, to an even higher level because those three men are the, they, to quote Christian's t-shirt at AEW, they outwork everybody. Like they will honestly, this is going to close out probably night two as much as I would prefer. Uh, hopefully the closing out of night one is Sasha versus Bianca. Agreed. Because that deserves to main event one of the shows. I mean, and before people say, well, what about the the the, the Raw title? I'm sorry, the storytelling with the, the Bobby Lashley and Drew, it's not there. This storytelling, this match is fucking historic. After, especially after tonight. Exactly. So we'll get to that later. But yeah, so that that's my dream is that this triple threat headlines night two. Sasha Bianca had light night one. And as the jester always says, we the fans win. And I'll make a quick side note before I get to Kayla and everything. Uh, WWE officials, I still want to see Adam Pierce versus Paul Heyman because y'all teased us with that uh, in ring interaction between them two, and I got nothing out of it. So I still want to see that match. I don't give a shit how long it lasts. I don't care if they're both in power suits. I don't care. I want to see it. The queen ends her rant. Kayla, go ahead. Um, you're still on my mama's shit list. Suck it up, buttercup. And I'm like, really? Really? You try to do that. I said, let me go out there and put you up against uh, Braun Strowman or something. And you try to suck it up and see. So um, little sad note, she just think it's funny that she just suck it up. Come on. But um, no, triple threat match, WrestleMania is what we're going to get. Like Jolie mentioned, it's going to bring more, more, you know, spunk and stuff to the match. And head of the table needs to be released. And um, hopefully it will happen. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's like, I definitely, I mean, my husband was like saying that there's no way Roman's losing at WrestleMania, but I was like going, he's got to lose it sometime. And so, if they make it a triple threat and everything, it'll it may actually protect Roman too. Um, but also it's like, yeah, the chances of him losing the belt are higher and everything. And it's like Daniel Bryan's been saying there's not he's probably doesn't have any too many WrestleMania's left in him. Edge in the same boat and everything. So if they make this into a triple threat, it's like, yeah, one of them's taking the belt off Roman. So at least I can say this. At least Roman does not have to worry about somebody cashing in on him on this WrestleMania. Because <laughs> the last WrestleMania that he had a title, what happened? Or try to get a title, what happened? Seth. Our Jester's favorite, uh, I'm sorry, our Jester's non-favorite wrestler, Seth Rollins, goes, hey, remember me? I got money in the bank. <laughs> so, so that's a good point. So we ain't got to worry about that. Can I just point out that, you know, Poor Seth has had a bad football day like a couple weeks ago, you know, when they signed the basically redheaded stepchild of the Cincinnati Bengals that was on the Dallas Cowboys, and now he's a Chicago Bear. Payback's a bitch, dude. How's that karma? <laughs> oh, remember, 22 times. And he's right. No, it was 22 times he got swung by Cesaro. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Cesaro at WrestleMania, can you make it 30? Take it 40. 30, 30, just make it 37 for how many WrestleManias there have been. <laughs> I can I can I can approve that. I approve that. Okay. Done. The Royal Decree has been stamped. Punk. <laughs> but I will say that I would not be mad if Daniel won the title only to lose it to edge on the Friday after mania, because I would like to see him get the title, but I would think I'm okay with either of those two, as long as Roman loses it for a little bit. And, you know, there is a certain cousin supposed to be coming back and we'll see what happens with that. Jimmy's supposed to come back. Jimmy is actually supposed to be back. I know. I know he's been, he's been working out. Yeah. So it's like, okay, dude, Get your ass back here. And I'm still wondering, you know, since Roman owns the wives, right? 
what the fuck you doing for Naomi, motherfucker? Head the table. Go suck a dick. You ain't doing shit for Naomi. I know they're on different shows and everything, but she's like, keeps saying like, he's not, a, he's not invited to family dinners and shit like that. She's like beyond pissed. But you know, that's probably not true. A bit. <laughs> well, it, but, it, but it's just like what Justin said earlier. There's some yeah. people that love keeping that KFAP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they love keeping it. They love the fact they love this business so much that they'll make everybody believe that they hate somebody else, but behind the scenes are the best friends. Again, Becky and Charlotte. Like you you damn well know that they're like tw- 10 years down the line, we're gonna get all the fucking baby pictures of Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte all holding little baby Rue. Like, and we're all being jealous of fucking Ruby holding and taking pictures with Sarah's little one. It's like, we want to see Rue. You don't have to show her face. You guys are being smart about it. But just show the horseman holding your damn baby, you bastards. <laughs> or like, like even like, you know, because C- the funny thing, Cesaro and, and Seth are best friends out of the, out of the, you know, like they worked out together. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see those pictures. Like, I cannot wait for like 10 to 20 years down the line when they are out of the business and retired, which will be a sad time. But still, and like, you know, you get to see like the their memoirs and you get to see the behind the scene pictures that we don't ever get to see. Like, right. because you damn well know there's probably a fucking picture of Vince McMahon holding that child. Probably. <laughs> everybody backstage has probably held that child we just don't know yet (laughs) who knows who knows okay so overall throughout okay overall caleb out of all the matches and everything uh what would what would be your match of the night i'm i'm torn between two but what would be your match of the night let him in <laughs> is probably okay that would have been a moment of the night but I don't know I just I don't know it's just I don't know I like I liked it because it was just intriguing just you know a little interesting it was interesting because when you go into the match you're like how's this going to happen are we going to see Orton RKO her are we going to you know exactly how are they going to make this work? Because, you know, obviously, I don't think, yes, other wrestling brands have the intergender matches, but I don't think WWE was ready for Orton to actually go out there and start beating the crap out of her. So um, I like how she set up the barrier while she was, um, you know, throwing stuff down and he's like, are you trying to kill me? You know, and he's just, you know, checking the sky and making sure, you know, nothing else is going to fall. Right. Um. I have to say I liked that match because it was intriguing. I'm not quite fond if I like how the new burned up fiend looks, but um but also I have to say I don't know. As far as the other match, I saw it after the fact. So um I don't know, I really can't really decide on a favorite match of the night. Like you said, there's okay. a few that you're torn of. Um, I did like the whole Sasha and Bianca, you know, at the end of their match. Yeah. Basically, you can tell the heat's there. It's going yeah. to be built up for WrestleMania. Um, it's kind of interesting to see what happens between those two from now until WrestleMania on SmackDown. Um, okay. And also, I will say kudos also to, if I had to choose another fair match, uh, was probably Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. It was another... Very intense, great match. Kept your interest. Okay. So, cool beans. Yeah, and it's like one thing. Uh, I was, I was always like saying, like whenever they announced like the Alexa and Randy Orton, I was like going, Fiend's coming back. <laughs> I don't care what's going to happen as a result of that match. Fiend's coming back. Th- that was like the one thing I knew. It's like first thing I thought about, like hands down. Uh, all right, Jolie, match of the night. To piggyback off of the fiend Alexa, you're telling me Randy Orton has known that this motherfucker pops out from underneath the rings multiple fucking times. And yes, he thinks he murdered him alive. Bitch, my ass is checking underneath the ring. <laughs> I don't care if it's Hornswoggle 
or little Jimmy, my ass is checking underneath that ring. <laughs> uh, I that that match had so much fucking storytelling in it. It was great, and I gotta say, I never realized how great of an actor Randy really was. Like his chops have come along, and I I hope to God people backstage are taking notes. Mm-hmm. But um, I do that. I am torn between two, and that is the Drew Sheamus match, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, it's got to be the sh- it. The other one is the Shinsuke versus Seth match. I mean, I remember again them fighting in eighteen when it was when he was the United States or the they were either the IC or there were title holders. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one they had, but they were fighting and just like you know again Shinsuke started off lazy and slow and methodical and like this time it was kind of Seth being slow methodical so I already knew this was going to be a banger of a match because that match is pretty damn good but like the offense the speed of it and yes Seth won but you know Shinsuke did not leave him unscathed he left his fucking boot print on his face like you saw the boot print in blood dripping down his face and for that I say Thank you. <laughs> um, but so it's between that and again the Drew and Sheamus match. And somebody, right, let's get into that. And somebody said this on Twitter, and I don't care if I catch heat, because I actually agree with them that they made a hardcore match without blood be better than a hardcore match with barbed wire explosions and a title on the line (laughs) there was so much storytelling there was so much pent-up frustration there was so much anger between both of them i love that drew came out in face paint oh that was sick when he came out like you know he just had that fucking warrior feel and you know here comes seamus and they just they just went to fucking war. They beat the hell out of each other. And I'm sorry. That match ranks higher than the Kenny Omega, John Moxie, electrified, blowing up sparkler ring match. You can have a hardcore match. And this is like, even though he, this is what Justin was talking about earlier, yeah. you know, about the hardcore stuff. And he'll he'll probably critique this match too. And that's what he does. But for me, it's just like, I don't need blood for hardcore. I don't. You can give me weapons. You can give ladders. You can give chairs. You can run them over with a golf cart. Just don't kill them. Um, you know, you can do so much in a hardcore style, no, fo- no holds barred match. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's just more exciting to me. It's like the blood is not a necessity. Does it maybe spark something like when, Back in the day when Flair would get cut, busted open, when he used to slice himself and, you know, glue it. And then, you know, they would just punch it and it would just, and he would hulk up, mm-hmm. you know, and then he would just go out. Like, you know, like when the blood did that, like that's something different. Like now there's really, I don't see the necessity or the need for the constant bloodshed. Right. You know, that's that's my opinion if people like that type of match that's fine i will not partake in that match that's one of the reasons why i I really can't watch the thunder rosa dr Britt baker match like you know it was a take away the blood and like you know them physically making each other bleed take that away and that match is still great that match is still talked about the blood didn't add anything for me for that match this match didn't need blood. Was there some cuts? Oh, yeah. We're probably going to see the backs, pictures of their backs later with those welted uh, cuts from the um, kendo sticks. And right. those do fucking hurt. And if anybody wants to know, y'all can meet me at Stumpy's. I have one in my trunk and I'll fucking beat your back with it. <laughs> if you want to know what it feels like. So, you know, you can do hardcore without the blood and the guts and the barbed wire because like I'm thinking well could these guys pull off that kind of match but it wasn't about that it was about the storytelling and the 20 years you know when Shane Michelle what did you do for me you didn't do anything for me and he was just downright angry and felt betrayed by Drew whereas Drew felt betrayed that you know he threw away their friendship Mm -hmm. 
And again, you know, a lot like, you know, a, a lot of the other great feuds, Seth and the Shield, Seth versus Dean, Seth versus Roman, Becky versus Charlotte, Alexa versus um, Nikki Cross before she went super cuckoo. Um, let's see. Who else? Who else? Who else? Y2J versus Kevin Owen. That was fucking uh-huh. fantastic. Like, you know, oh, there's, yeah. just, there's just certain matches that, hell, if you really want to go old school, look up the old ROH, look up Kevin Steen versus El Generico. When the, the, all Sami Zayn and Kevin Kevin Owens matches back in the day, man, mm-hmm. those were fucking bangers, man. So it's just, there's something about a match that doesn't need the use of blood, but can use weapons and do all that stuff. And that match just, like I said, it's a tie between those because you had your classic strong style match, and mm-hmm. then you had this fucking war. Like, even the you know even the Roman and like the, the these those three matches were fucking wars. And hats off to them, props to them because this this card felt sloppy. This card felt thrown together last minute. I mean, especially with the Elias, poor Elias, and that. Jackass Riker. I don't like him. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> they went to well, fucking like war. A, That's all that, yeah. that that was just that was fucking war. Yeah, and it's like with the whole like uh Shane and Braun thing. Some I think you were like telling earlier that there was gonna end up being WrestleMania. I was like, oh, nah, hopefully they squash it tonight. But of course, Shane has an injury, and I do that in quotation marks because he can't even limp with a crutch right because he was putting pressure on the leg and it sees that he's supposedly injured and i've had knee issues so i knew he wasn't doing it right i was like man you're so full of shit so yeah that one's gonna go to mania for sure and so and then of course it's like um biggie and apollo didn't really end kosher and everything so that's gonna go to mania for sure so well one thing that i was thinking about with the shane and braun match mm-hmm Raw has another giant on the show. That's just, we don't know what happened to him. He fell down the well with little Timmy and, you know, we're waiting for Lassie to come find his ass. And that's Dabakato. Mm-hmm. Battle of the fucking behemoths. We were supposed to get that in the fight night and in, in the fight club. And then it never happened. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's Shane's grand scheme. Maybe he'll be healthy by mania and then pull out Dabakato to just fucking whoop Braun's ass and then Braun can go sing more Adele songs (laughs) all right well before I get to left field and everything Kayla so Drew Drew Sheamus what you think very good match um basically how they brought it up how they always had to insert their friendship into it how much they were a big rivalry um I actually enjoyed that match um, like Jolie said, they were able to put on a hardcore match minus the blood. Um, you know, it was it was intense. Um, going through televisions with sparks, and you know, it was above on. It was entertaining. Um, they both um, did very well in it, and I got confused at the end. I, I guess because I kept seeing so different moves, it was like Drew was in the corner, and I was like, "Bro, Clay, more." I couldn't figure out, I feel like I drew a blank, like, wait, what's Drew's move? You know, it's like Claymore kick. <laughs> so um, I enjoyed that match. Um, like I said a little earlier, that is probably one of the um, good matches for the night. So um, Seamus, Drew, go buy each other some pizza, beer, wings. Just sit down and talk it out. You're all good. <laughs> you, you, you beat the hell out of each other. Just talk it out. Um, I didn't enjoy that match. And a little... Something while Jolie was talking, I saw on Twitter that made me kind of laugh back to the fiend. Somebody, Fox Sports, had posted on there with a picture of the fiend's new look, and it says, Well, there goes our chances of sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like Freddy Krueger, Jason Rory's. WWE. Yeah, the WWE version of it'd be what? Freddy Krueger Voorhees or something going on there. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well before we get to the rest of fast lane because i i just remembered something off the top of my head because you were like saying like there'll be pictures later on about 
uh, with Seamus and Drew and like their injuries and stuff like that. Okay, off and on these last, I say over the last month and everything, it's like I want to get y'all's thoughts real quick on this damn Twitter beef between Randy Orton and Soldier Boy. So it's like. <laughs> I'm gonna let the jester handle it. She can <laughs> handle it for all of us. <laughs> Superman gonna get his ass arcade the fuck owed. <laughs> Th- this motherfucker. And I, I, there's somebody else I want to address right quick as well after I address Mr. Soldier Boy. <laughs> Mr. Soldier, unfortunately, you're going against a fucking assassin. He has trained in martial arts. He has trained in hand-to-hand combat. Yes, he doesn't know actually how to probably, well, he does probably know how to use a gun. He is an ex-Marine. So, yes, he was dishonorably discharged for being an idiot. But, you know, he's still a fucking Marine. You're going to die if you face him in real life. Dude, no. Just back, just just go back to your little fucking hole. you just probably jealous because his wife is fucking hot and you could never land anything as hot as that you probably fucking mad because he's got a career and people are going to know who the fuck he is he's a self-proclaimed dick that is a better following than you will ever fucking have now on to the next person mr logan fucking paul why the fuck are you coming for Sami Zayn? excuse me you you really want to get into a ring with one of these guys it might be quote-unquote fake fighting, and you know how to box, and you beat KSI in a match. Braun Strowman would put you in a fucking stretcher. Kevin Owens would fucking stun your ass outside the fucking ring. You get a hell of a kick from Sami Zayn. Randy would RK your ass back to fucking the start of YouTube. Becky Lynch could fucking whoop your ass. Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, actually all the fucking women. But you know who you want to go against? Go against fucking Nia Jax. She'll fucking squash your ass so fast that you wish you could crawl back up inside your mama. Do not come for wrestlers. Do not come for quote-unquote these fake fighters because they can whoop your ass too. You're nothing but a punk-ass bitch who like to make fun of the suicide, suicide and actually post the body. On fucking YouTube, you piece of fucking trash. We know who you are. We know who your brother is. Wasn't your brother just fucking arrested for having guns illegally? Yeah, y'all bunch of fucking white trash trailers. You know, you think you're rich and you got all those nice cool toys and shit, but you're white trash trailer trash who just thinks you're rich because you made money off of YouTube. Stay away from wrestling. Go back to fighting KSI. Go back to fighting other streamers and other reality stars. Hey, Kanye's free. Go fight him. Stay the fuck away from wrestling, you little bitch. I will give props to Bow Wow. At least he's saying he wants to like seriously take steps to get into the business and everything. Train with Rikishi and stuff like that. I'll give him a little bit of props because he wants to try to go about it the right way. He does want to do it the right way. And I think he is going to be on a podcast or was on a podcast talking about this. So... Hmm. Bow Wow, yes, I do give props. And he does take good care of his body. He has done, he wants to do it right. Yeah, he's coming Mm -hmm. in late, but a lot of people are coming in late. And one of the biggest gripes I've been hearing, you know, people say, well, oh my God, they're so old. They're so old. A lot of them chose to come when they're older. I think Karrion even said he wanted to wait. You know, a lot of people can't just magically just jump in this lifestyle. They have to do shit first yeah i mean people are like becky was lucky seth was lucky roman was lucky naya was really fucking lucky shana worked her ass off ronda worked her ass off in mma mm-hmm. it's like oscar took a while to get here but but she paid her dues like, that was new AJ Japan. took yeah and then aj took it aj took 15 years to get to wwe <coughs> excuse me so you know, oh, where's all the young talent? Talent doesn't have an age. No, no, not at all. I mean, Tom Brady's what, 45? Uh, I think he's going to be 43 this year. Okay. But I could be wrong. But, I mean, you have Tom Brady. You have Matt Ryan. You have Aaron Rodgers. He'll be 44 on August 3rd. But you have the <laughs> – but you don't – I don't see Brady retiring anytime soon. I was shocked to see. Exactly. He'll be around first 60. I was actually shocked to see that Drew Brees is retiring this year. 
Oh yeah. But I thought he had one more season though, to be perfectly okay. honest. He wants to go out while he's he can and he does isn't hurting too much. Mm-hmm. More more power to the man. Aaron Rodgers sticking around for a couple more years. Matt Ryan just redid his contract with Atlanta. And these Matt Ryan's my age. So he's in his 40s. Or will be in his 40s. I think he's either a year older or younger than me. I can't remember because I just know we went around. He went to school around where I went to school, but I don't know if okay. it was weird. Okay. So, but like, you know, age is just a number. Mm-hmm. If you take care of your body, you'll be, you can probably wrestle. Like, you know, power to Christian going to AEW with this to find a storyline. I don't agree with the storyline, but you know, him already being thrust into the title picture where. You got guys like Warlow that deserve a bit more than him, or MJF that deserve those to be in the title picture, to be perfectly honest. Or even um Miro. Poor Miro is just backstage eating fucking cake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I I mean, age is just a fucking number. And if they can still go, they can still go. And I mean, Carrion is definitely proving that so is keith lee so is edge yep and shit when rick flair was 50 he didn't look half as good as edge does (laughs) right all right i know we got off a tangent there and everything but um okay one thing i one other thing i definitely wanted to touch on and everything was on the pre-show, they had the U.S. title match between Matt Riddle and Mustafa Ali. Riddle retained. But what happened afterwards apparently got everybody talking. Because I missed it. I only caught this on Twitter. So y'all help me if I was wrong. Y'all help me if I'm wrong with this. I only caught the clips on Twitter and stuff. So apparently he loses. All the other members of Retribution are in the ring. He starts yelling at them that it's their fault. He lost and everything. Mia walks off. Slapjack walks off, and then Ali gets powerbombed by Mason T-Bar. So it's like, okay, so I am right. Okay, so it's like, is this, like, completely done with retribution, or are they just kicking Ali to the curb? And so, like, Kayla, what are you thinking? Um, It could go either way. I really do not see retribution breaking up anytime soon. Um, If they do, then what was the whole point to be honest with you it didn't really last long mm-hmm. um part of me got thinking maybe you know this might be a way to maybe get ollie out you know singles career or is it going to be i'm sorry um you know you know how they apologize but i don't think it's going to be that easy um it's either you know saying hey don't boss us around if you want to be part of this you know like a warning sign like we're better than what you're making us to be right um you know that's either that way of saying hey we're here don't push us around um because obviously we see that mace and t-bar are a little bit bigger than ali mm-hmm. so um like i said it can go either way is this way of pushing them out saying hey you don't want to be our leader is t-bar or mace one of them going to take over or is this another way if they want to keep retribution? Because we still got very, very many masked retribution people still wandering around that we never really technically saw. So, like I said, it can go any way they want. It's just in other terms, I don't want to see the end of retribution okay. at all. So, all right, Jolly. I don't know to be perfectly honest. It, it it could be it could be complete a complete giant swerve. I, I, I don't want to see retribution. Vince dropped the ball majorly on this. Um mm-hmm. I know he kind of did it in to reflect what's going on in the real world to try to bring in real world issues, but you know, it really kind of fizzled out. Um but I mean if anybody saw T Bar's Twitter feed, he was basically saying breakaway by kelly clarkson like all different fucking breakaway references it was fucking hilarious so you mm-hmm. got braun Strowman singing adele and t-bar doing kelly clarkson i don't know i mean it's nice to see them nice and sensitive and it just sucks because 
fucking somebody created a fucking pride flag with the retribution and Ollie retweeted it and posted like hey, I want this and it's just like he shouldn't be this whiny bitch what happened to the guy that went toe to toe fucking Cedric Alexander at Wrestlemania 34 for the Cruiserweight title like what happened mm-hmm. what fucking happened I, I, I love the idea of retribution I love the the fightingness of it but it's just right now it's just it's Either this is a reboot, a jump start, or a swerve, or they go their separate ways. I kind of hope they don't go their separate ways, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's like, um, you're like saying uh, T-Bar's uh, Twitter's been up and everything. Me, uh, rec- excuse me, Reckoning's uh, last tweet was a little clip saying like unmask 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 so i don't know what's happening with that and then plus there was like this picture of like her it's like half her half mia so it's like something's definitely a swerve and vince screw you for screwing up the kofi ollie angle that was the match i've been wanting at wrestlemania and now we're not gonna get it so screw you buddy Vince, damn it, damn it, you made the it. Texas sports queen very mad. <laughs> Vince, I'm actually okay with this because I would prefer it at SummerSlam with a larger crowd. And I agree with the jester. Sorry, Kat. <laughs> but you're still going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> Better, damn it. I've been waiting two years. Because it's like, I remember, because it's like, I remember the tweets and everything about how much they wanted to go against each other. Creative yes. team. If you don't make it happen oh. at SummerSlam. I'm just saying, creative team. If you don't make it happen at SummerSlam, um, Kat will be writing another angry article. So make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's like, Kofi had the title at the time. They were, and it's like, I remember the tweets and everything because Kofi was actually the very first wrestler who responded to me on Twitter. And I had like said how much I wanted the Kofi and Ali match to happen. He said, me too. And then Ali retweeted that. I still have the tweet screenshots of the tweets. Cause it's like, that was like, that was very cool. I was happy about that. Mm-hmm. And then it never happened. Bitches. All right. So we've had a hell of a, we had a hell of an episode and this is, uh, this has been like long and everything. So Jolie, any other final thoughts to wrap this up? Well, this is women's month. And so, I know we really haven't focused a lot on the women because there's just been so much going on, but next week it's all women. That's all we're going to be talking about. Dream matches, returns, the like. So if you guys have any suggestions on anything you want us to talk about when it comes to the women's division, send them in, slide them into our DMS. We like those, Um, you know, tweet at us, hit us up on Instagram, you know, just, just, don't think that, you know, we are not listening because we are. Damn, this has been a hell of a show. Thank you to Just Incredible. Thank you, Champ Phoenix. Oh, this has been like, an, this, like I said, this has been an unbelievable show. Next week, like Jolie said, we're wrapping up Women's Month huge. Following a week after that, we got a huge WrestleMania preview and prediction show. And then the week after that, it recaps out the ass from wrestlemania and nxt takeover it's just like the ladies of queen's takeover are going to be very very busy the next few weeks and so and we're going to be in your face with everything so definitely be sure you be sure you tune in so that's all we have for this episode of the queen's takeover thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time as the takeover continues y'all have a good one